to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. For those who are just joining us, the past few weeks, except last week, and another week when we had a break, we've been looking at deliverance. And the last area I had reached was demonization, how people get demonized. Okay? And I explained a few ways in which people get demonized. I explained that people can get demonized through sin, the gates of the eye, and I think the gates of the ears. And if you didn't go delete some of those songs after that sermon, I don't know what you want. And whether you want an overnight, if you didn't go and exit some of those groups you're in, I don't know what you want. Okay. Today I want to look at two or three, or four more, so that you can have an understanding. Why do I feel like singing a koeme? I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means, so I can't sing it yet. What does it mean? So the rest of them didn't know. Uh, you knew in your heart. <laughs> but you know, there are some songs that, even when you don't know the meaning... The way it just sounds, you know what I mean? It just ministers to you. Like, for some reason, I've, I don't know why I've never researched, but I don't know the meaning of... <laughs> Do I even know the words right? <laughs> All I remember is that in Sunday school, if you never knew that song, like, would, when, when it's Sunday school's turn to like, minister to the whole church, like, I even remember how the dance would start. It always start like this. <laughs> and then, uh, Nolasco, you know that song. Nolasco, you're old enough to know it. I'm in shock right now. And then the only thing I remember is, like, one time when miming, I was the one doing the na 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 And then, like, while doing that, I fell. And I got up so quickly that they thought it was a dance move. <laughs> so they all cheered. So what's the new, what's the NFSEO for the kids these days? Which one is it now? 10K. 10K? What's that? Hey. 
Okay. <laughs> so I I have to show you a few things. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we do have an enemy. And one of the things the enemy tries to do is ensure that he can influence your life or use you to influence other people's lives. We do have an enemy, okay? Um, you can see from... from the scriptures that I'll tell you a few things Satan would want. Satan would either want you to become so obsessed with him that he runs your life. By that I mean if he knows where to touch you. Like he knows if he just gives you that dream. Let me put it like this. You'll find, here you are, you believe that if you eat from a dream, then you've gotten a demonic spirit and you have to fast for four days. I know what I'm talking about. So you find every four days, he will just suggest that same dream. Before you know it, you've learned how to fast, not in obedience to the Holy Spirit, but literally Satan can run your life. He can just click at the click of a finger. Next thing you're fasting on your wedding day. Now, what am I trying to say? Satan would want you to get so obsessed with him that he runs everything about your life. And that's why sometimes I'm a bit... We, we must be careful even with some of our songs, you know, like... It's time to praise God and your song is Do you actually think they sing that song in heaven? Like, like all the angels gather around I'm telling you or for those who don't know what means, it means don't leave Satan choncho okay? <laughs> don't leave him choncho and then Anyways, what I'm trying to say is that he, he wants you to get obsessed. Like, if, like, let's say you're writing a song, and I, I know we've got songwriters here. And if your first line is, I'm a child of the king, even the devil knows it. <laughs> Should that really be your next line? Does it matter whether he knows it? Is that really going to give glory to God? You think Satan doesn't know that Jesus is Lord? The Bible says the demons believe and they tremble. They know that. So that, you're switching your focus to the wrong thing. Okay? On the other hand, the other thing Satan would rather is you live life as if it doesn't exist. That's another one on its own. Where you live life in total ignorance of him. That's unbiblical. The Bible is very clear. It says, put on the full arm of the Lord, for we wrestle not against principalities, powers, uh, rulers of darkness, and all this stuff. It's very clear. The Bible is also very clear that uh, least Satan deceive us, for we are not unaware of the devil's schemes. You have, to have, you have to know how that guy works. You have to have an idea how he works. That's why I'm sharing this stuff with you, because I would rather you hear it from me. I've learned being a pastor, if they don't hear it from you, they'll download it from the internet. And they might download the wrong thing. <laughs> I know. Why has it gone so quiet? It's sobering. 
Don't make a habit of you've got a dream, you type it out on the net. You hear things. You hear things, I tell you. And some of that stuff you hear is from psychics. And remember, with knowledge, the source is important. No, I'm an aqua. I'm a loris. I'm a leo. I don't, I don't know the other ones. There's a loris? <laughs> Clearly, you can tell I'm not obsessed with that stuff. Eh? So, the Bible says, be sober, vigilant. That's First Peter 5, 8. Because your adversary, the devil, crawls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But so let's look at a few ways in which he gets to demonize people. This is also important because every believer must cast out devils. The Bible is very clear. It says, these signs will follow those who believe. What's the first sign? They shall cast out devils. So if you've never casted out a demonic spirit, there's a high chance you don't evangelize much. Because that's where you find them. It's not like I'll leave for you here. <laughs> I'm also interested in casting the ones. <laughs> the chances are very low. Of me just say, hey, hey, come help. Hey. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, let's continue. So, one way that Satan messes with people is their heart. Their heart. Their heart. How is the condition of your heart? Let me show you a verse. Proverbs chapter number 4. And verse 23. Proverbs 4 and 23. Give me from the King James. But one song you shouldn't take out of Sunday school is Kasatana, Kasatana, Nikuka, Kuila. It teaches you warfare. I don't know what that had to do with rolling on, but that was my favorite song in Sunday school. Like, I just wanted to. Who remembers that song? Okay, who has no idea? The Lord be with you. Um, <laughs> African Sunday schools, we don't just... <laughs> okay, so the Bible says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So you have to guard your heart diligently. The question is, guard it from who? Meaning, look, if the enemy wants to... The enemy pros around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And if he wants to get to your life, one of the easiest ways is through the heart. So you have to guard it with all diligence. Now, guarding your heart with all diligence does not mean don't be emotional. I'm saying this because um, some of us may think, hey, pastor. <laughs> but do you, know what it, do you know what it means? It means you... This is an entire series on its own. But you can walk in a constant state of peace. In short, if to calm yourself down, you have to go intoxicate yourself, then you're not walking in peace. 
means you've not learned how to guard your heart. I thought coming yourself must be lifting up your hands, praising God or something like that. Let that become your default system. If because of that breakup, you're planning to go and hurt five guys, you're not walking in peace. Why are we laughing? (laughs) Or if we can do something as dangerous as revenge. Revenge is so dangerous, only God can handle it. It's that dangerous. It's like handing lightning. I'm telling you, be very careful when hurting another person makes you feel better. Be very careful about that. You have to be very careful about that. If until he feels what I felt, or until she felt what I felt, if that's what it takes to make you feel better, be very careful. And the problem with that is that you can end up pursuing such an ungodly passion that by the time you're done accomplishing it, you check inside, it's dark. You check inside, it's dark. I'll never forget being younger and I was interacting with one of the helpers. And I don't know who had provoked them. And they said, Vow Crystal, beside. <laughs> I was amazed. I didn't know you could do that. That means Christian things aside. In the sense of Mankwanayachi Black, in short, I'll use black medicine. Be very careful. Now, with the heart, let me just show you a uh, scripture. Look. Now, let's have. Yeah, look. 6, verse 45. By the way, for those who are knowing me for the first time, I'm a very honest pastor, so get ready. Because Jesus taught them many things. Says he had compassion over them, so he taught them many things. Praise God. Luke 6.45 The Bible says A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Now, if you are having challenges let's say with swearing or using vulgar language, you must check the condition of your heart. Because the question I would ask is, how is the state of your heart such that you can use that word? Such that when you're angry, you can say those things. Such that when you step on something, you can say that word. What have you poisoned your heart with? 
Now think about that. Somebody's walking, they hit an innocent stone. And then the words that come out of their mouth, which don't impart grace to their listeners, you must check the condition of your heart. And that's why if the kind of music you're listening to accommodates that, imagine what you're polluting your heart with. Now, you know, this heart is too precious for you to allow it to do that. And I'm just giving you certain things. Those are just a sign. Like you can't... If it, listen, your words must impart grace to your listeners. Do you know that's your calling as a believer? Impart grace. Let me show you Ephesians chapter number 5. And from verse 1. I like the epistles because, you see, after you're born again, you now have to be taught how to live. Ephesians 5 from verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God, dear children. Keep going. Okay, I think I have it. And walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness let it not even be named among you as it is fitting for saints. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm teaching you how to live. Listen to me. If you can sit down with your friends and have a casual conversation about sex before marriage, you've got, that's what we call bad company corrupting good morals, and I don't know who the bad company is there. It shouldn't even be named among the saints. Let's continue. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of things. We create a platform for certain demonic activities when we are involving ourselves in foolish Foolish talking or coarse jesting. Listen, and I'm saying this because, look, I'm training us how to live. I'm training us how to live. And you know, when the word of God comes, it delivers you, right? So none of this is coming for your condemnation. And one thing you must actually get to realize is when you participate in, there are certain jokes you should not even laugh. If it's funny, hold the discipline... <laughs> I'm serious. You've come into an environment, somebody cracks a very bad demonic joke, and it's so funny. Just go. <laughs> Afterwards, you tell yourself, You're not laughing. You're not laughing. No, you're not laughing. Do that five, six times. You'll notice it won't appeal to you anymore. I'm telling you, I would sit in classes and a lecturer comes. Hey, sure, sure. I'm sure you born again who say it's demons. Everyone is I'm like this. And I'll make sure I even have a face. I'm very serious. You can't have believers cracking jokes like that. Praise God. What am I trying to say? Let's look at the next verse. Uh-huh. No. 
For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, no covetous man who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and to God. This is to Christians. So let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. I wasn't written to unbelievers. And it says, don't be partakers with them. You know, I'm telling you, the revolution we'll see in terms of many people becoming believers will happen when they actually see people changing. People don't want to just see you going to church and you come back and you're still doing the same things. People will begin to imitate you when they actually see you changing. Praise God. But let me show you another verse. So Acts 5 verse 3 is a man named Ananias. This guy had a wife named Sapphira. So Ananias and Sapphira had made a vow. They had pledged like it was Partnership Sunday. And so they wrote down on Partnership Sunday and they said, we're selling our house and we're bringing the entire amount. And then when they went back home, Ananias and Sapphira sat down and discussed saying, ah, we should take the whole amount. And the house sold for like 250 they decided we're just taking like a 150. After all, it's still a lot. I'm sure they convinced each other it's still a lot. It's not like, it's even more than what that other person is taking and what that other person is taking and what that other person is taking. And they agreed. Imagine. They actually agreed. They were like, why? Like, like the way other people agree. Why? They love each other. They could church. They love each other. What that means is, Let's love a church. Let's, let's just miss church today. You, you know there are people who agree on those things. Listen, I've, I've been a pastor for some time. I've found a lot of people when they miss church, they miss together. Is it a coincidence? Then when they come back, they come back together. <laughs> so these guys agreed. But look at what Peter said. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? What scares me most is that Ananias was a believer. But the easiest way for Satan to have access to him was with his heart. And he says, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? The trouble was the heart. To lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself. Where it remained, was it not your own? After it was sold, was it not in your own control? And he says, why have you conceived this thing? Conception only happens with fellowship. So if fellowships with... A demonic thought conceives it in his heart. And he says, you have not lied to men, but to God. And then Peter was saying, you know what, it's even better. It would have been better for you not to bring it at all. And then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down, breathed his last, and great fear came upon those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up and carried him and buried him. The young men. And three hours later, his wife came in not knowing what happened. And Peter answered, tell me, Peter tested her, whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. And Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? It's interesting that even the covenant of husband and wife was not respected when it came to testing God's spirit. I wish I could say other words. No, I'm serious. Let me tell you what I mean. By that I mean, if a parent tells a child, go and prostitute, they've got the right to say no, respectfully. You know why? 
Because it says children, obey your parents. And then it says in the Lord. So meaning there's a context. There's a context. <laughs> I hope I'm not misquoted on this, on this. I'm not trying to breed rebellion or anything. But what I'm trying to say is, Safira had the right to say no at that point to her husband. And says, you have agreed to test the Spirit of God. And then Peter said, look, the feet of those that buried your husband are here to bury you as well. She was knocked out. And great fear spread in the church. And guess what happened when great fear spread? Miracles increased. <laughs> now, my, the issue that bothers me there is, how has Satan sealed your heart? Have you ever interacted with a person who's backslidden? I have. I've led people to Christ before. Somebody was on fire for the Lord. And the condition of their heart starts changing, changing, changing. Before you know it, what they honored, they disregard. What they revered as holy is now just some useless thing. Where does it start from? The heart. And that's why you should ask yourself, like if you can just miss a service, because you just missed it. Check the condition of your heart. Check. like, Ask yourself what has happened to your heart. Because that's how backsliding starts. That's how backsliding actually begins. It's usually the condition of your heart. Praise God. And that's where a hub for these things starts. And that's why be careful when you're in situations where you've been hurt, situations where you're grieving about something, situations where your emotions are injured, especially if the reasons for your emotions being injured are legitimate. By that I mean where you know you've got the right to be hurt. In those moments, also be careful. Here's why. Satan doesn't care. As in, you should realize the kind of devil we're dealing with. He's not like someone who say, ah, no. This one is an orphan, so let me not... Ha! He'll be like weak. He'll, let me tell you what I mean by that. The Bible says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. Now, if you've studied the way lions hunt, because I've watched a lot of documentaries on how lions hunt, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit strange sometimes. I even watch animal operations, shan shan, this animal at this, then they cut. Okay, you know those things we all watch. But if you've watched, <laughs> you guys have never watched animal operations before. What? Like maybe a cow has got a nail in its hoof and then they take it for an operation. You don't watch that stuff. You do it. Praise God. Now, here's how lions hunt. Let me have four people quickly. Arts ministry, arts, arts. They're literally, hey, <laughs> Bruno. Okay, four people. Okay. And give me a second. Okay, wonderful. Come a bit this side so that the cameras can see you. Okay. So one of you say, ship, ship, come home. So ship, ship, come home. We are afraid. What are you afraid of? Okay, where's the lion? Now, here's what has happened. The two have run away. This one is injured. 
how lions hunt. That first run you see is never to, it's just to cause confusion. Then when one gets injured or isolated, that's the one they will target. Lions never go for the, they never go for the strongest. But, but, come back, let the rest come back. Let the rest come back. Ah, I'm that kind of teacher. Okay, ship, ship, come home. Really? What are you afraid of? If you've watched the documentary as well, when the animals stand and defend the one that's injured, they rarely attack. Really. Now, you can take your seats. So now, that shows on two ends. One, if you notice that your neighbor is struggling, and you know that in that struggle, they will not be able to pray that 30 or one hour per day. Why don't you dedicate 10 minutes of your one hour just for praying for them? Because scripturally, the good neighbor does not leave another person behind. Praise God. And then on the other hand, if you notice there is a challenge, be honest with yourself and be honest with someone. Like, it's okay to say, guys, in this period, be praying for me. Just pray for me. And believers, let's honor the I'll pray for you message we usually tell people. <laughs> like, can we try our best to honor that one? That guy, I'll pray for you. That shouldn't be the one that takes you to hell. Eh? <laughs> like, you're about to enter, about to receive your reward. Hey, we've got one problem with you. <laughs> and then they start checking the database and they find 692 I'll pray for you's. <laughs> And there was not even one. Don't, don't do that. And also don't take it lightly when someone asks you to pray for them. Like actually, I, I know we pray for everyone. Let's not even go with the excuse of no, when I'm praying in tongues, I pray for everyone. Like sometimes deliberately just say, okay, Father, I am now focusing my prayer on the Dida. And you start. And you, even if you speak in the Spirit, there is, at least there is a deliberateness there. There is an effort there. But here's what I'm saying. You have to be careful with the state of the heart. Because, uh, like I said, Satan doesn't care. He doesn't care that you are the heartbreak. He doesn't care that you are not well. He doesn't care that you lost import. He doesn't care. That's why I hate him. He doesn't care. He actually doesn't. He doesn't. Honestly speaking, he doesn't. Praise God. But that's why, as believers, we must care that much. Because sometimes people can't manage on their own. They can get overwhelmed. But I tell you, when you're in an emotional state, don't make permanent lifelong decisions. When Jacob lost, or he thought he lost Joseph, there's something he said. He said, I will go to the grave mourning. And the Bible says he refused to be comforted. Now, he had already made a decision that he would go to the grave mourning. So even when the morning period had finished, Jacob had made a decision. You'll notice from that point that the Bible doesn't refer to him as Israel anymore. He was referred to as Jacob. And then Jacob experienced the same thing that, his, that Isaac had experienced, which was a famine. 
But when Isaac had a famine, he sowed in a famine and reaped a hundredfold. When Abraham had a famine, the guy still grew prosperous. But for Jacob, he was reduced to a beggar. And yet he had the same blessing. And then observe, if you keep reading the scriptures, that when he heard the news that Joseph was alive, the Bible says his spirit revived. So he had, he, had, he had affected even the state of his spirit by that decision. So the Bible says his spirit revived. And then it goes on to say that uh, just a few verses later, and God said to Israel, and then suddenly the blessing starts being activated again. That's what I'm saying. Be careful with lifelong decisions you say you've made. So for example, somebody hurt you. Okay? Maybe you are, you, you are good. You are the perfect relationship partner or something like that. And someone just didn't see things on the same eye. And then you start saying, you know what? I'll never love again. Okay? And then some time later, somebody very proper, proper person, what? just a proper person comes. Godly, loves the Lord, loves you, willing. And then you're just like, like the moment you're about to have interest, you lose interest. Remember your words. You already told yourself you'd never love again. So you say, I'll love again. <laughs> and <laughs> hey, how many people say that? <laughs> I hope you are taking note of those who are saying, I'll love again. I need a seminar with them. <laughs> oh, and, and let me tell you one unfortunate thing. One unfortunate thing is this. Uh, if you lose a loved one and you decide you'll never be happy again, here is the biggest challenge. Sometimes you can almost feel as if you're betraying them by being happy. But then the challenge is this. The day you get to meet them in the suite by and by, I don't think they'll be happy with you for not being happy all those years. You say, man, you should have lived. I taught you all that so you could live. And then come here and tell me stories. Don't you think that would be it? It would be like, look, you should have lived. I was here singing hallelujah. You could have like, lived a bit more. So when you come here, we've got something to talk about. Trust me. All your loved ones who are in eternity, I don't think there's even one of them who would ever want that you should ever tell them that my life stopped when you went. I think they would rather hear that, you know what, it was hard, it wasn't the same, but I used that stuff you taught me. And with that stuff, I pushed on. And in harder times, the Holy Spirit, whom you taught me to believe, comforted me. It was not always perfect, but I tried. I'm telling you, you get a good high five. Or more. Praise God. Yeah, I need to check the time. You know, I'm still on point number one. Will I ever finish this series? I'm the pastor. <laughs> hey, I'm the pastor. If I want to get it next week, I can have a class just on this point number one. Don't attend out of the department. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> But you have to monitor the condition of your heart. And uh, that's why you'll find in counseling, we ask a lot of questions. 
usually when we're doing that, we're diagnosing the state of the heart, the state of the mind. I can give you a personal observation. It's strictly an opinion. Please note, it's an opinion. But perhaps we can quote an intelligent one. <laughs> Not so. <laughs> Yeah, we can go ahead and... What, what do you call an intelligent opinion? Again, not necessarily a theory. Uh, there's another term we use, which is just below a theory. <laughs> yeah, it's a postulation. It's some form of uh, hypothesis, at least. It's an intelligent... Except it's not a guess. Let me say, like Paul said when he gave an opinion, and I think I have the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul used. <laughs> I find that line funny. Um, on a personal note, I've come to find that when people haven't had a very good relationship with their parents, It can often manifest in different ways without them knowing. Now, I'm not saying that now somebody should feel doomed if they haven't had a good relationship with their parents. But there's a scripture I love. It says, he that thinks he's standing, let him take heed. In short, it wouldn't hurt sometimes to check yourself. Here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. You'd be amazed... And I mean amazed at the number of people I've met who've had an obsession. Like let's say ladies, maybe with an obsession with older men. You'd be amazed by the number of them that I've met who were really just trying to replace their father. You'd be amazed. You would be amazed. You'd be amazed by the number of men I've met who are really manifesting the qualities of what they actually hated. Now, why have I said this? I've not said this so that somebody should, you know, feel doomed if... Because it's, it's a fact. No one has had it all perfect. But I'm saying this because we must come to such a level of awakening in our spirit that we can be able to observe our soul and guide it where it needs guiding. Let me tell you what I mean. Do you know that the word of God can train you to separate soul from spirit? Let me show you. I'll show you. And I'm not even being as blunt as I should be. You've not given me permission. Hebrews 4 verse 12. Hebrews 4. And verse 12. And here is the sad thing. A time comes when you have to choose your own legacy. Listen to me. As much as the world is... The world currently is going the way of... Uh, the, the challenge the world, the, with where the world is going is this. There is more awareness on mental health, and that's a good thing. But the challenge in part is... There is no agreed upon philosophy on how it should be handled. So where the challenge comes in 
is that we can end up producing a society that lacks accountability. I'm not sure what I mean. As a footballer, I won't mention his name. During the lockdown period, that footballer went on video and encouraged the young people and the like to stay in their homes. A day later, he had invited prostitutes to his house, breaking lockdown rules. And so he was lambasted for that. Two weeks later, he broke lockdown rules again. And he was lambasted. And then he posted something. He's like, you guys don't care about my mental health. Hey, I'm trying to take care of my family here and ABCD. You know what that's producing now? That's a lack of accountability. And let me tell you the problem with that lack of accountability. It takes away the necessary sympathy for those who are really actually struggling with those issues. Because you find people just throwing it all over the place as an excuse for a lack of accountability. Never produce a society that lacks accountability. I mean, if you're being paid 250,000 pounds a week, do you know what I'll do? 250,000 pounds. Do you know how many souls would win? I think you're being paid 250,000 pounds a week. The least you can do is be at least a bit of a role model, or at least pretend to be one. So, the Word of God is living and powerful. Sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. In case you think that statement was harsh, if you are benefiting, like, why should, how society operates for you only feel good when it's to your benefit? The fact is, by having two million Instagram followers, there's some financial benefit, there's some uh, esteem benefit and all that stuff. So why should it bother you? if that two million people also holds you accountable. And that's why, listen, some people need to listen to me here. Don't just go with everything you're seeing um, online and stuff like that. There are certain areas of your life where you will need to just say, you know what, despite the tears, despite the pain, I'm going to soldier on and move on and fight for your life. There are times you have to fight you have to fight because the way the world works is that you have to earn certain rights. They will never give you a school degree. They will never say, here is a free school degree because of what you went through in life. Not everyone will have it fairly. Sometimes, check the areas where for you, you might be at a lower place than other people and fight, 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 fight and we'll be here to encourage you, we'll be here to help you. But don't stop Sometimes you have to fight. Praise God. So the word of God is even an unpowerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. If I was in a deeper class here, I would have explained that what the word of God does to you is that it gives you this empowerment, not just over your body. We only focus on the part that says, and of joints and marrow. The word of God cannot just, it doesn't just grow low, shorter legs. It doesn't just fix broken bones. The Word of God can actually bring a division between soul and spirit. What that means is this. You can come to a place where you've got this empowerment over your soul, an empowerment over your emotions, an empowerment over your thoughts, where you can be able to tell, saying, this is God. This is not God. This is just me. This is just jealousy. You can be able to tell, ah, this is just jealousy. 
Because you've, you've come to a place where you can bully that side of you. And that's why it says, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And trust me, as the word of God is coming to your spirit, you can be able to even tell on your life, you can be able to just say, okay, for me, I think some of my troubles have been because of A, B, C, D. Because, let me show you something about being spiritually alert. You can tell even yourself. First Corinthians 2 and verse 11. Is somebody enjoying this? Are you sure? It says, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? There it's not talking about the Holy Spirit. It's talking about you. It's a, you can know. You can, you can literally sit, analyze yourself, and by the word of God be able to separate spirit from soul and tell, say, okay, this challenge is this, and this challenge came from there, and we'll deal with it like this. Ladies and gentlemen, this word of God that has been brought to our lives. It's not just there for you to say amen on Sunday. You can use it to change the way you think. You can use it to change the way you live. It doesn't have to be the same anymore. And the reason I'm sharing this stuff, you'll understand in the next lesson. It'll be interesting having communion and talking about the ministry of deliverance. The reason I'm sharing this stuff is, trust me, if anyone has a challenge that needs a casting out, that's not the challenge in part for us. The challenge in part is something Jesus said that bothers me when I hear it. You know what he said? He said when an evil spirit is cast out, it goes to dry and arid places seeking rest, never to find it. And then it has the audacity to say, I'll return to my home. It even it calls it its home. And then the Bible says it comes back and finds it swept and arranged. In short, the person has not changed what should be changed. It's still its house. It's still... It comes back, same thoughts. Same lifestyle. Same boyfriend. Same this, same that. We cast it out on Sunday. Friday, someone has gone out. Sunday, there are now two more demons to cast out. We should do what? Ladies and gentlemen, I hope I'm still your favorite pastor. (laughs) God, God, you know my heart. You know the kind of believers we want to produce. We are producing believers who won't live like the legacy of their... Imagine on TV in heaven. You are watching the legacy of your life as a Christian. For now, let's call it your spiritual life. For now. And in terms of your interactions with church, imagine the only thing we see about your Christian life is you are always on a prayer line and things were being cast out of you. You're in entire 23 years of being a believer. Your entire 55 years of being a believer. I think the question they'll ask is, were you never taught how to live? I'm telling you, that's not the life God has designed for a believer. Do you know, how, do you know the life is designed for you? 
Yes, let's say if you needed help, we might see one or two prayer lines or something. If you needed help, get it. But then the rest were seeing now you having your own prayer lines. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting my point. It's, that's the way a life of a believer is supposed to be. Lord, give us grace. I pray that people have gotten this. And they will use this word to make effective changes in their lives. And to make effective changes in the lives of others. Remember, this is not a lecture. This is not a theory. The word of God works. Praise God. So this week we are fasting. Now, I already sent you a video in the church group about how not to fast. By that I mean how not to fast. There are some people who now the whole world will know that they are fasting. Yeah. It's not like me. I've ever put a status when it's almost... <laughs> people will just be seeing jubilation <laughs> at that time. But I mean, there was a funny skit I was watching and the guy literally drove, let's call it KFC, to the drive through Guys, there's a drive through now. I just came to say... <laughs> I still love your food, but I'm fasting, okay? <laughs> so, we're fasting this week. And I would encourage you to join in. Some of us have never fasted before. Some of us are legends. But, <laughs> no, there are people in this church who fast more than me. I even know. We actually have to tell them, guys, you have overfasted. Eat a bit. And then on Sunday, we'll have communion together. So, those who are joining virtually... What our request is, um, on the material day, when you're watching the sermon, ensure that you've got your elements for communion and we take it together. Okay? And then every day we'll have a meeting on Zoom. So if you're not on our platforms, go to the information desk at the end of the service. It's right there in the corner. And say, um, I need to be on the platforms because I need to have access to the meeting. Both Zoom and Facebook, actually. And Zoom will be limited, so you have to be fast. Praise God. I mean, if these are, these are the things you want to participate in, what will you participate in in life? Every challenge that comes, you participate. Every trend that comes, you participate. No, it should bother you if you're struggling to participate in a prayer and fasting, but you're participating in the don't leave me challenge or something like that should bother you. Don't rush. Don't leave me and all that kind of stuff. It should bother you. So we're having the fasting challenge. Praise God. <laughs> okay. Now, I would like to give an opportunity to any person in this place who's saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ and I want to be born again. Okay? I'll ask for every eye to be closed. And I just have one question for you. And the question is very simple. If the Lord Jesus came today would you make it to heaven it's a very honest question it's something you have to answer and yes you're the one I'm talking to if the Lord Jesus came today would you make it to heaven if you are not firstly if you answered this article last week or the other week don't let lack of confidence let you lift your hand up eh? (laughs) but if you are not sure of that And you'd like to be a proper believer, somebody who's born again, someone whose name is written in the book of life, then you're the one I'm talking to. You are the one I'm talking to. 
There will never be a better day. There will never be a better time. This is the best time for you. So I'll ask you just to raise your hand if you are among those that want to give their lives to Christ now. You can raise it and raise it high. Now, I want you to say after me, okay? Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you as the Son of God. I give you my life today. Amen. Keep your hands lifted. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, receive the Holy Spirit. The Father's arms Receive the Holy Spirit. Ooh, I sense that. Receive the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Now, can I tell you guys something? You know, as it stands right now in heaven, there's a party. You know that, right? And who do you think is doing the biggest dances? It's Jesus. I mean, this is who, who celebrates the most when a goal is scored? It's the one who scored it. What am I trying to say? The decision you've made, you've made the Lord Jesus proud. Now, I want you to consolidate that by sticking to the teachings we'll give you. Because we will give you teachings. And unless otherwise, would really encourage you to join in and be members of this family. Okay? We celebrate you. You guys can take a walk. Play something celebrational. Lord, we celebrate. Woo! Can we pray for a minute and we're done? We can pray for a minute. You can stand. I'm going to lead you in a prayer point. Okay, say after me. Say, in the name of Jesus, I have received the word of God, which empowers, which cleanses, which delivers, which perfects, which builds, which gives, which causes me to possess everything that Jesus worked for. Say, so in the name of Jesus, I take charge over my soul. I take charge over my heart. I declare the peace of God which surpasses understanding. Say in the name of Jesus the peace of God is employed to guard my mind and to guard my heart in Christ Jesus. Say in the name of Jesus my mind is constantly being transformed. Say, I refuse to conform to any pattern of the world, to any pattern of my past, to any pattern of anything I've observed with my eyes. But I look to Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. Say, I receive grace. I receive strength. 
I receive strength. Now, some of the things I will say may not directly affect you. But you can also you can say it in the context of, even if it's for another person. Say in the name of Jesus. That addiction is broken. Say in the name of Jesus. I have control over my mind. Say in the name of Jesus. I refuse to be bitter. Say in the name of Jesus. My heart enjoys peace. In Jesus' name. Say in Jesus' name. My heart is not a playground for Satan. Say my heart. My heart is a place where the thoughts of God, where the intentions of God, where the emotions of God are revealed. In Jesus' name. Can you just sense that lightness in the atmosphere? I'll be speaking the blessing now. In the name of Jesus, I bless you. I bless your weak. You are preserved from all evil. You are preserved from all sickness. No, you cannot be a victim of an accident in the name of Jesus. You cannot be a victim of unfortunate situations. I declare perfection over your weak. Lord, you know that child of yours. They've been faithful, Lord. They've been waiting. They've been praying. Lord, let this be that weak. Let this be that weak. Let it be that weak where they experience that manifestation. In the name of Jesus. Let it be that weak, Lord. You know, you know your children. Let this be that weak, Lord. Some of them feel like they can't hold on much longer. Let this be that weak. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's go. Free, 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 free. You can get up. service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the city of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on the city of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com. Or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.